Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, and it is finally game week for the Eagles. The season is finally starting. Everywhere you go, you hear people yelling, go birds, go birds. Let's bring in a guy here who knows all about the Eagles and the NFL, and he's got a new book out. We're going to talk about it. Mike Lombardi, congratulations on the new book. Thank we you. appreciate you joining us. Thank you, John. I appreciate being here. Thank you yeah, very much. We're going to get into this, but I know Eagles fans, they want some sort of prediction from you, or they want to know about their team from you. So when you look at their entire overall roster, do you think they have the best overall roster in the league? Is there somebody better? Well, I mean, it's hard to, yeah. I mean, no, they're, where they're good is where it counts the most, right? They're really talented in the offensive and defensive fronts, and they've got playmakers on offense, and their quarterback has been playing at a very high level. And so, you know, when you add all those things together, yeah, they can. And and then when you factor one more thing in, the fact that they scored 207 points in the second quarter last year, which means they played from in front in so many games, that it highlights their strength. It highlights their defensive line. They got 60 sacks out of the 70 in their defensive line last year. So, yeah, that they, they set the game up to highlight what the best part of the roster this year Without the linebacking, you know, we'll see what they do with the new linebackers with Dean and with Cunningham, how that works out. But again, if you have to play from behind it against the Eagles, you're going to lose. And if you got to throw it 50 times to beat them, you're going to lose too. You have over 30 years experience. You were a general manager, director of player personnel, pro personnel, worked with the Eagles. Uh, you worked under Bill Belichick. So you know what the Eagles are in for in a season opener. Is it even harder to prepare for a Bill Belichick team in a season opener when guys aren't showing anything in the preseason anymore with the way he mixes up his fronts, his coverages, his defenses? Yeah, a lot of this will go in the disguise. You know, that's one of the things he does a really good job of disguising the coverages that he's in. And the unpredictability, I think what we see in the beginning of the NFL seasons is uh, a bad team can beat a good team on opening day because of the surprise, the unconventional way to do things. And so, yeah, I think Bill will have his team ready. But, you know, the Eagles have been very good in opening day games. They went into Detroit last year. Their offense was very effective. They were in really good rhythm. They they have an ability to not have to practice in the games in the preseason and still be effective. They go against the – they do the the, the, the inter-squad stuff between teams. They do that. That works out for them. So, look, the, the one thing about the Eagles – the, their success is based on what they did last year. They'll keep doing that. The question mark, what they'll do on defense, but the same thing with the Patriots. The Patriots' style is we're going to avoid losing before we can win. they got to protect the football, and they can't get behind. So you just mentioned 
about the defense. So the Eagles have two new coordinators. That's pretty rare that you lose both your coordinators. Obviously, you've got more continuity on offense, but Sean Desai is new to the Eagles and was just talking to some guys in the locker room today, and they say the biggest thing is going to be the communication. But do you think it's going to be a work in progress? Because you've got new players on defense as well as a new coordinator. Well, the communication is always the key in NFL defenses. It's it's one of the biggest concerns is who's the who's the green dot Who's getting things lined up and who's making sure everybody adjusts to what the calls are on the field? You know, football today, or in fact, even 10 years ago, isn't about we make the call in the huddle and let's go. There's adjustments to the adjustments. And so that's got to get communicated all throughout the defense. And so, you know, with two new linebackers in there, especially one that wasn't playing in the scheme last year and Zach Cunningham, it's that'll be a challenge. There'll be some shifts and motions that are created, which will help. But at the end of the day, you know, can the Patriots block the front? That's going to be the key question to answer. If they win the game, they blocked them. If they didn't, they didn't block them. Is this kind of a bad spot for the Patriots because they really haven't had their offensive line healthy in the preseason? Right. They've got injuries, uh, the right tackles out. And as you said, the Eagles are coming in with this pass rush that is really unprecedented. Right. Uh, no, I, I think – you know, they're, they're, they're going to have a whole different look at offensive line. Michael Liwanu, their starting right guard, just came off a PUP the last week of the preseason. So he's kind of trying to get himself back into shape. Trent Brown's playing better. They're gonna, they could be starting a, a rookie at left guard, Cole Strange. Their starter from last year isn't healthy. So there's a lot of moving parts, and they know this. At least you can prepare for it as you go into the season. But, look, the, the key for them is to be able to – Get the ball out quick. Don't turn it over. And don't let the game get away from you in the second quarter like it's happened to a lot of teams in the league. So I was asking you about the roster of the Eagles and your experiences in the player personnel department and getting talent, searching for talent. Um, the way Howie Roseman and the Eagles have constructed this roster is it pretty impressive with the mixture of the guys who have been there and done that, won a Super Bowl, the veterans, a lot of younger players, and then you've got a 25-year-old quarterback who is almost a veteran? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, look, Howie does a great job of getting the players. I think Jeff Lurie, from when I worked there to when he became the owner of the team, it's always been about offensive and defensive linemen for him. And that's why the team has maintained its success ratio, because the way he wants his team and every owner, and this is really important, every owner should declare what kind of team they want, whether it's the basketball team, whether it's the hockey team, whether it's the football team. Here's who I want to be. And Jeff Lurie made it very clear from the first time he owned that team that we're going to be good in the offensive and defensive line, and we're going to put resources into those offensive and defensive lines. And I think that's allowed them to have the success. And when you look at this team, you know, they've never drafted a running back in the first round in the last 20 years. You know, they typically want to find players that they can't pay for in the open market. And even when they can, like Hassan Riddick, they go out and sign guys. So Everything they do is generated with a basic principle that comes from the ownership, which really helps Howie because now there's no question mark. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to listen to the fans who want us to sign this running back. We're going to, we're going to do what the owner thinks is the right thing to do, which is get offensive and defense alignment. And he's got your back, which is really good. You spend your time in the Delaware Valley, the area down the shore. And we have a buddy, uh, Will, we were at the wedding for Will and, yeah. uh, 
And I got to bring up the funny story because uh, Will told me, of course, when you said Doug Peterson going into that Super Bowl season was the least qualified coach you'd seen in 30 plus years after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Did, did Will have any special gift for you? You know, those guys are all Eagles Sixer fans. I mean, they all have, you know, they all have the answers. They're geniuses with the racers, you know, and so they all have that kind of ability to do it. But look, I said what I said. I, 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 th- what I've learned from the Doug Peterson experiment, we all learn everything, right? I learned that what, what the Eagles have been able to do from Peterson into now Nick Sirianni is their organization does a great job of supplementing the head coach. Like I have come from the school where the head coach is the leader and he runs the team. And what Philly's been able to do is use their organization to help the coach and allow the coach to grow within the role. Like last year, bringing Vic Fangio into the defensive staff was really good. It helped. You know, it helped an inexperienced Jonathan Gannon who was struggling. Look, let's face it, two years ago, they played cover two with safeties as deep as you could possibly play them. And Dallas ran the ball as much as they wanted. So I, I think that, and I think that's a tribute to their organization, you know, and they've been able to do all those things. And I, and I think, and I applaud them for it because most people, when they hire the coach, they let them sink or swim on their own. And Philly didn't do that. So after that Super Bowl win for the Eagles, did you find some Eagles stuff on your house? I think Will maybe put I, some green. I wasn't living there. I was living in L.A., <laughs> so he might have put some stuff up there. But, you know, I mean, those guys, you know, I hear about the process with those guys all the time, too. Like, they actually think it worked. Like, that's how naive they are. They actually think it really worked. So we have that debate. You know, it really has worked. They haven't gotten a one conference championship. They haven't won anything. They've blown more picks. But they think it works. So I just ignore it. Look. The reality of it is, is the only way we grow in life is we learn from our mistakes. So after that, did, did you hear from a lot of Eagles fans? Did you get to go birds, go oh, Eagles sure. every time you were out? I, I'm sure, you know, all most of the time. But like I wrote about in my first book, Gridiron Genius, I wrote about, you know, that, look, we all make mistakes. And I think what the Eagles did for Doug, look, I, I think the Eagles recognized that Doug, when they hired him, he wasn't ready to be a head coach. I think that's pretty fair to say. And I think they really helped him out and they kind of developed him. And then when he wanted more authority because he had won a Super Bowl, they had their divorce. So I think it was a learning experience for everybody. Do you think that kind of the criteria or the main criteria for a head coach has changed in your time? I mean, you go to baseball, you had these guys back in the day like Dallas Green, who would tear the paint off the walls, rip into his players, get on them. And now they talk about Jeff Lurie even says emotional intelligence. And Nick Sirianni yeah. is kind of from that Doug Peterson mold of, you know, connecting the team. Do you think that the head top criteria for a head coach has changed over the years? No, I don't think. I think it's it's never it's not going to change ever. It's about holding players accountable. It's about holding the staff accountable. It's getting leading people to get them to do what they have to do, and it's about motivating the team. Now, how you get there? I mean, look at Deion Sanders. You know, if you get past the gold chains, the earrings, the cowboy hat, and the and the and the and the ability to communicate, you know, he's an old school football coach. He holds the players accountable. He's not satisfied with one win. You know, he scolds the staff. He pushes the players, and he's demanding. That's never going to change. And Jeffrey's right. It takes the only way you can connect to players today is through your intelligence. If you can make me better, players will listen to you. If you can't, they're not going to listen to you. So that's the that's the hook. Intelligence is currency. 
And so that's the hook that has to be maintained. Look, as I wrote about in Football Done Right, Lombardi wasn't just a yelling and screamer. That's a perception of him. Lombardi was intellectually stimulating to the people that were around him. He learned that from Earl Red Blake, which is one of the one of the things I talk about in the book, one of the the, the golden trees that what what I call the white oaks, which are the basically the foundation of the coaches in the league. And most great coaches understand intellectually is the way to win. So right now in Philly, you sense the excitement. You you hear the the fans talking Super Bowl, Super Bowl. You've got a lot of experts around the country picking the Eagles to go back to the Super Bowl. But I'm I'm kind of like, hold on a second. Like, do you think that this division, the NFC East, is going to be tougher than it was last year for the Eagles? Well, I mean, Dallas is going to be tough. There's no question about that. Uh, you know, I know Hurts didn't play in the second game down there, but, you know, they play pretty – Dallas will be good and it'll be a hard game. You know, the Giants, they've outscored them. The two games that matter, you know, they've outscored the Giants. They've dominated them. And Washington was the only team to come into their stadium and beat them. And they beat them with Washington turning the ball over two times. And Washington got four turnovers against Philadelphia, and they ranked 31st in the National Football League in creating turnovers last year. So. Look, I, I, everything about this season, as we enter the 104th season, is about staying healthy. It's all about staying healthy. And so we could sit here and look at a paper and say it's going to be great. But once you start losing guys or your team's not the same team in December as it is in September, you're not going to win no matter who you are. And that's the challenge. And I think Philly knows that. Every team knows that. Look, Nick Bosa's not in camp. San Francisco's a hell of a lot different when he's on the field than when he's not on the field. That's what we talk about all the time. So today it's a marathon, John. It's not – nobody's going to give you an award for winning the first weekend of the season. It's a marathon. It's a mountain to climb. And having been around Belichick and the great coaches, their whole mindset is one week at a time. So if you were to look at this Eagles team, hopefully staying healthy, if they can stay healthy, who is the biggest competition in your eyes in the NFC for them? Well, I think Dallas for sure is a competition. I think San Francisco's for sure a competition. You know, those two teams are really good. Now, can Detroit match them? If Detroit's better on on defense, they can match them. I mean, last year that game up there in Detroit, the opening game was a 38-35 game. The last five minutes of the game, Philly took it over and won that game. So Detroit has a chance to do that too. Look, the the, the NFL is not like college football where there's so many different levels. Everything's a challenge. The Eagles have a really good team. They have to stay healthy, and they've got to be able to make the adjustments during the season to fix the problems that are going to eventually come up. How impressed are you in your years with the NFL seeing what Jalen Hurts has done coming from a second-round pick as a backup and then the improvements he made in almost every area of his passing game but also his leadership as a young player? Well, I think he's always been a great leader. Look, go back to the Sugar Bowl when he got benched and he stood on the sideline and he cheered on Tua and he didn't blink. He didn't pout. I mean, he had his character is at the highest level it can be. That game showed you his character where I think he's made the improvement. And I think this is a little bit of how you become a great team is when you look at the Tampa Bay game last year in the playoffs where he struggled to throw the ball effectively. And the Eagles came up with what I call the six-back offense, which is putting him more into the run game, running the single wing, if you will. And I write about this in the new book. Uh, it really helped him. And getting A.J. Brown really helped him. 
And so now all of a sudden, you know, he's improved his accuracy. He went from being 26% of the time of missing open receivers as a rookie to last year, 14.3% of the time. So that's significant, right? And so, but when you have a player where the system meets the talents of the player, you have perfect harmony. And the question is, is the system making the player or is the player making the system? And I think when you ask that question, it's both. So what do you think the biggest challenges or concerns are for the Eagles this year? I think it's playing the games, John. I mean, I mean, you just want them to go to the Super Bowl today. I mean, you got to calm down here. I mean, you got to, you got to like, you got to play the games. You got to play it out. It's a long season, man, and you can't peak too early. I, I think the challenge: can they stay healthy? Look, Fletcher Cox, can he stay healthy all year? Brendan Graham, they're older players. Jalen Carter's a young player developing along. You know, Jordan Davis has to take a job. They have to get better. You know, if they stay the way they are today, they won't win. They, they, they're players as every team in the league. You start in September, you finish in January playing your best football. In your experience, and I was talking to some guys in the locker room about this today, one of the toughest things to deal with actually is success. Uh, but do you mm-hmm. think they're uniquely qualified to deal with all the success and expectations because of the type of leadership they have? Well, I think a lot of that really is, you know, look, there's no doubt that young players can't handle success. But what I've been around great players, like I write about in the book with Brady and Joe Montana and the player, the great players that I've been around, they set the tone of intolerance for anything that gets in the way of winning. And so when you have a leader like Kelsey, when you have a leader like Hertz, when you have great leaders that basically understand what it takes to prepare a team for their game that week, and when the players don't do it, Nick doesn't have to become the bad guy. The players will the players will discipline the team. That's that's when you really have it. But when you start looking too far ahead, all of a sudden, when you start talking about going to the playoffs and you're in week one, you're not you're not where your legs are. You need to figure that out. And that's what great leadership does. It makes everybody refocus. Yeah. And uh, this is a pretty cool book. Uh, Football Done Right. Another book from you. Um, what was your motivation to write this? And tell me about the feeling you get when it's done, putting all those guys out there uh, and the history of this league and letting everybody know some more about all of these key figures. Well, I, I think what started was, I thought a lot of it was the what I felt like some coaches were not getting their due process. For example, Marty Schottenheimer has got 200 career wins in the NFL. There's only nine human beings on planet Earth that have been called a head coach that have 200 wins, nine. And if you're one of the nine, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Like you shouldn't have to wait for some committee to vote you in because you didn't win a playoff game. You won 200 NFL games. That's really hard to do. Dan Reeves, the same way. So I felt like people need to be aware of the politics that go into picking the Hall of Fame and that we need a criteria for coaches to get in the Hall of Fame, you know, you know, George Allen's in the Hall of Fame. He coached less. He coached 100 games. He had a 70% winning percentage. He lost the Super Bowl. Like, his career wasn't Hall of Fame in terms of the entire legacy, but he got in because he had a 70%. It was all circumst- It was all situational. And so I wanted to kind of dispel that myth a little bit. And then I wanted to talk about people that have impacted the game, the coaches, Paul Brown. There would be no coaching tree without Paul Brown. You know, and I wanted to rate the coaches about who is the greatest coach of all time. And then I wanted to talk about the players. 
I want to talk about the impact of television, what what Howard Cosell did for the league, what Brett Musburger did for the league, and how trades are made. And then I ranked the top 100 players of all time because I agree, and I started this book well before Dion said what he said. I believe Dion's right when he said there should be a difference in the Hall of Fame. Like Tommy McDonald, the wide receiver for the for the Philadelphia Eagles, is a Hall of Famer. Randy Moss is a Hall of Famer. There's a complete difference between the two players, okay? I'm not trying to dispel anybody being in the Hall of Fame, but there should be levels in the Hall. Moss is in a different level than Tommy McDonald. They both are in the Hall. McDonald had 65 touchdowns in his career. He got traded for a kicker at one point in his career, but he got in the Hall of Fame because of his return and his uniqueness. But there's a level that I don't think people understand. Well, it sounds like a great book, and it is football done right. It suggests everybody go out and get it. Um, right now, if I were to ask you, where would you rank Jalen Hurts among the other top quarterbacks in the NFL? Well, I do that every week, John. I have a podcast called The GM Shuffle, which you can get on the VEASAN Sports Network, where I work with DraftKings. And I think I had him as the third-ranked quarterback in the league. I think he's what I call a blue-chip quarterback. I mean, what, what I said earlier is really true. When the system meets the player's talent perfectly, then you have a great, you have a lot of, you'll have a lot of success. And I think the way he is so determined and the way he constantly improves his game, I think he will continually get better. Last year, he had more rushing attempts than he did the year before, but he had less yards per carry. I think his running sets up his passing and the ability to play from in front really helps him. So. I think he'll keep working on his game. So he loves being a triple threat. And when he got the huge contract, Nick Sirianni said, you don't pay somebody more to do less, basically saying, yes, he is going to continue to run like he has. But do you think it'll be a little less in some of these games where he's ran it 16, 17 times? No, John, that's their offense. Their offense is he's got a, it's a six back offense, John. They make the defense account for him in the running game. It's a hard thing to do. They run sweet. They run power with the quarterback. This is who they are. This is what's made him really good. He's worked at it, but the the defining moment of what they've done is why they are so successful. It's interesting to me because everybody wants that type of quarterback who can throw and run, throw on the run right. as well. But we saw a little period of time like RG3 and some other guys got hurt. Maybe Cam Newton took a pounding. Do you worry yeah. about that with Jalen Hurts, or does he really protect himself better than most guys? Well, no, he got hurt last year. I mean, it's hard to protect yourself. It really is. But the way he plays, he has to be careful and smart when he does have that opportunity. And I think he will do that. Look, injuries are part of football. As Belichick says, if you tell me the play the guy's going to get hurt on, I'll take him out before that play. It just happens. He's got to play the way he plays. They're good when he plays that way. Can I get a Super Bowl matchup prediction from you? I had Cincinnati and uh, in my in the Visa betting guide, I had Cincinnati playing San Francisco in the Super Bowl. But again, it's so early. You know, it's all just guess. Everybody's guessing. Yeah. No, it's going to be fascinating. Which team do you think has a better shot of of winning the next championship in our city? I mean, you've got the Phillies and Eagles right now, basically right there. That- I don't know baseball, but I, I I was at this I was at the Wells Fargo Center to watch Lionel Richie, and I looked up at the batter and I thought, well, it's going to be a long time before the Sixers put another one up there. I mean, Billy Joe and Springsteen will put another one up there before they do. <laughs> All right, so uh, Eagles or Phillies? 
I would go Eagles. I mean, look, they, they have as good a chance as anybody. You just got to play them off. So 49ers, if, if both teams stay healthy, you think the 49ers can beat the Eagles on the way to the Super Bowl this year? I think the 49ers are really talented. Their offense is really different because they play positionless football offensively. But again, they have a hard time staying healthy. Last year, they lost in Atlanta. You know, they got murdered by Kansas City because they weren't healthy. And then Purdy got hurt. They went through four quarterbacks last year. You know, you can't do that and win. Yeah, they changed the emergency quarterback rule because of that, right? Yeah, I mean, so you got to be careful on that. So do you believe in Brock Purdy? I believe in that it's the perfect match for the system, yeah. I think he's got good instincts, as I write about. His arm is attached to his leg. I got to run, John. I got I got another one of these hits to do. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Sorry. Um, well, we appreciate the time. And we'll put it up one more time. Football done right. And Thank you. Congratulations on another book. It's a very good read, so we suggest everybody go out and read it. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, I'm so flagrant.